one. Okay, here we go. What's up, everybody? My name is Danny, and thank you so much for joining the light side. Today, we have Jilly Johnston, worthiness coach, fan life liver, <laughs> and podcaster to join us. And I'm so excited to talk to her because we there's so many things to talk about today and bring to you. So I'm so excited to welcome Jilly. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. This is so exciting. This is so awesome. Okay. So, and I just want to kind of start with like a little bit of your background and your story. So you were a D1 athlete. Let's start there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I grew up playing soccer. Um, and like from a very young age, like I think I started in like, I don't know, third grade, second grade, something like that. And, um, and then all of a sudden I, ha I, someone told me that I had potential and I like latched onto that and was like, oh my gosh, this would be so cool. And so when I was in like seventh grade, I decided I wanted to make varsity as a freshman and I would do whatever it took in order to get there, you know, within reason. Um, and then when that happened, I was like, I want to be a division one athlete and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there within reason. And then I did that. And so I grew up with, I mean, I was playing on three to four teams. I was practicing three to four hours a day, at least, if not more than that. I was waking up in the morning at 5.30 before school to shoot in my rebounder, to practice juggling, to go on a run. I'd get home from practice, go on an additional run or go to another practice. And, um, and it really kind of like what we were talking about before this, it shaped who I am and like what commitment means and what deciding means of what you want to do and what sacrifice means. Um, and so through fitness, through competition, through being as a part of a team and, and um, you know, being pretty successful at it, I, it shaped who I am and it also shaped how I viewed my sense of self-worth and what I believed that I was worthy of and where I found my worthiness, which like has been this whole last 10 years of my life undoing basically of what it did to me in that worthiness, in the productivity, in the results and, and being so externally focused on where I found my worth to then switching it to this internal focus. And so um, I'm so grateful for that experience. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Uh, and it gave me a lot. And so um, I'm excited and happy to be on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I actually, I kind of want to come back to that after we get into how you get, you got onto coaching, but remind yeah. me, I want to come back to that piece. Yeah. And so it, is this how coaching develops? Like you coming into your own self-worth and figuring and unraveling and undoing that and then wanting to help others with that? Yeah. So it was like, um, it was, it's been a, a super interesting journey and like actually a pretty long one. So after I graduated from college, I had a lot of these expectations. Like I've always had people say like, wow, you're going to do big things. You're made like, you're really special. You're made for something greater. Like you're going to change the world. And I've like, have had all of these kind of pressures and expectations put on me. And I always did what I was supposed to do. I graduated with honors. I've never been grounded in my life. I've never been to detention. I like have been as as, as a good girl, right. My whole life. And I always did what I wanted to do or what I was supposed to do because I was hoping if I did that and I graduated, I would get a good job. I would find a house. I would find the man of my dreams. I would travel the world and I would, I would change the world. And I assumed that as soon as you graduated from college, that's what happened. 
And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, where is it? Like, where is the thing that we've been told our whole life was coming if you just went to college and did what you were told and were the good girl, right? And so after I graduated, I was like working in uh, like in a couple restaurants. I was this older woman's like kind of companion and I loved that, And but I wasn't using my degree. And then I had all these shoulds and all these expectations that I was placing on myself that I internalized as other people placed them on me as I grew up. Um, and all of a sudden, like I had a meltdown. My parents were going through a divorce. So my whole world was turned upside down. And I was like, my relationships were in shambles. My relationship with myself was nowhere to be found. And there was one night where I was laying in bed and I was like, you know what? I was crying and I was like, I just want someone to write me a love letter. I don't care who, I don't care what, even what it really says. I just want, I need someone to tell me that they love me, why they love me, and that their love isn't going anywhere. And it was all of a sudden, like, it was in this time of just, like, complete desperation that, like, this message came from, from down from the universe and, like, hit me like a brick wall and was like, you need to offer that love to yourself. Like, sit right now and write yourself a love letter. And so... I did it and like my, I wiped away my tears, not like everything was fixed, but all of a sudden I had this journey. I had this thing that I was working towards that I had felt so purposeless up until that point that I, I had something. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, what if every woman in the world could do this for themselves? Like, what if every person in the world could do this for themselves? How would this change our life? Like, how would this change our world? And so I immediately started, I created a blog that night, or I think it was the next night. Um, and then I started talking about this idea of collecting self-love letters from people around the world and compiling a book and publishing it. And then I was pretty soon, like at the spiritual center I was going to, they asked me to come speak. And then a school asked me to come speak. And then people were like, Hey, I love your idea, but I don't love myself. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know how, what I would say. And I was like, huh, that's a great idea. I'll start teaching people. And at that time, I had never gone to a workshop ever in my life. Like, I, you know, obviously, like, I did athletic stuff and, you know, some leadership training, but I had never been to, like, a workshop. And so I was like, how hard can it be? I'll just start my own workshop. And so I started reaching out to, like, yoga studios, women's groups, churches, and, like, and I was like, hey, I want to bring this. I'm not going to charge anything. I just want to do this. And then like people showed up, like my first workshop, I had like 25 people and I was like, I hope I'm doing it right. Like, I'm not sure. So, but it was this, it was built from this demand and I knew that I had to show up. I was being guided. I was being led and I had been given this gift of this epiphany and then the journey that I was going on of self-love and of learning and grow investing in my growth and learning how to love myself that I was then able to begin teaching other people. So that started when I was like 23, 24. And then that has kind of progressed to then individual coaching and group coaching and speaking. Um, and now my podcast and now like everything else that I'm doing. Wow. 
that is incredible. And I, I you, like, you actually made me a little teary with your epiphany and like what you ended up doing with it and writing a love letter to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, so that is just super beautiful. And I can't wait for people to hear that because I hope that everybody out there listening, sit down and write a love letter to yourself. Um, I got the opportunity to do this a couple months ago and I'm 29 in my yoga teacher training and I had never experienced that in my life. And the whole, everybody was just a mess, a mess, a mess. And yeah. when I went back and read it, cause they sent it to us later, it was just like exactly what I needed to hear at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, like I'm pretty awesome. Like <laughs> yeah. it was really a good reminder. And especially coming from yourself, because then you don't need external validation to tell you or like trophies or followers or people. But if the love comes from within you, I feel like it's so much more impactful and meaningful. Yeah. And it, and it is, and it's not like just because you write a love letter doesn't mean that you automatically love yourself, right? It's a relationship. Your relationship with yourself is a really, is like any other relationship. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes trust. Um, it takes investment. Right. And so it, it has, it's this commitment. I look at it as like kind of the symbol of commitment as like, Hey, I'm committed to you. It's a vow. I'm committed to you. And I'll, I'm committed to going on this journey with you. And I'm committed to showing up as this for you. Um, and so I always tell people, if you don't know what to say, write what you wish someone else would say to you. And, and it's just, it's so beautiful. And so, yeah, I'm like gonna, I'm going to still like, I have about, I think like about 50 letters. And so if anyone ever, like, if you want to be part of this and you want to be part of this book, cause it is something that I'm like still working towards just like, it would be a donation that you would like donate your letter. It can be anonymous. It can have your name, whatever you want. Um, but you can email it to me at Jilly at jillyjohnston.com and you can be a part of it. Oh, I'm so happy that it's still going on. Yeah. I might write, I'm going to write one. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, please. awesome. So Jilly at jillyjohnston.com. I'll put a link in the description so people can Perfect. have access to that. Ah, this Yay. would be so amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to go back to the athlete thing because I have a feeling, and I actually want to know this for myself because I don't know that I've ever explored this. Being an athlete myself, I put a lot of worth in my followers, in my trophies, in you know me mm-hmm. climbing the ranks in bodybuilding. Um, but I'm really curious to hear about how you sort of unraveled this as an athlete. Yeah. I, and I actually, that's a really great question. Cause I don't know if I've even like, I've realized it and been like, okay, this is where I found my worth and then having to shift that story. Right. And, and change where I find it. And so, you know, in all of my coaching and all of my groups, that's one of the things we do is we define one, we recognize where do we find it Two, we define what it means because we can say the word, like, I love you, but, or I respect you or whatever, but unless we actually have a definition of what it means and what it looks like, how do we know what we're even saying? We're just using words and we're not being conscious about the words that we're choosing. We're just kind of using them. Right. And so, um, and then being able to see like, where have I found it is like, okay, is this external or is it internal? Right. Is it conditional or is it unconditional? And so, you know, growing up, a lot of it is parents approval, teachers approval, grades, right? And if you're an athlete, how much playing time did you get? How many championships have you won? How many championship rings do you have? Were you a captain, right? Were you a starter? Did you make varsity as a freshman? What division did you play? What, like, what um, conference was it in? Uh, And so, like, there is, I realized that I felt good about myself, right? I loved myself. I was proud of myself 
when I had all those things, when I was captain, when I had those three championship rings and I had something to prove, when I got a lot of playing time, right? But as the minute I got injured and was deemed worthless for the team, right? You don't travel. You don't get to travel if you're hurt, right? You get put on the sideline or up in the box, like filming the game, if you even get to travel. And like, I had a coach say like, you, you're worthless to me now. Like you are worthless to me. Like luckily she was fired, but, um, but like, it just like, it really kind of drives home this feeling of like, okay, if I don't have the use of my body, if I, cause I am being paid for this. My worth is like, I am literally being paid to play this. Like my college education is being funded through this. If I don't have my body, all of that goes away. Right. And which then a lot of athletes and high achievers, we then go out to try to use our income or our clients or our followers to replace that. So we don't actually ever heal it. We just look for it somewhere else. Right. Which is, dangerous, right? Because as soon as we don't have a job, as soon as clients leave, right? As soon as we go into a recession or whatever the heck is happening right now, our whole worth is being questioned. We question it because we believe that it's tied to something outside of ourselves. And so when I realized that I felt good when I was, when I had playing time, I felt good when we were winning. But as soon as I had a bad game, as soon as I didn't start, as soon as, you know, I was like threatened of maybe you weren't going to travel if you didn't show up and perform then I felt bad about myself and I tore myself up and I beat myself up. And I was like, what am I even doing? Who am I? Is this even worth it? And then as soon as college ended, that whole identity was taken away. So, um, and so then I had to redefine myself. Right. And like, and it was really, really hard. My relationship with my dad had to change because I was afraid that if I didn't have soccer anymore, that was how our relationship formed how would our relationship look? Right. And we went through a lot of rocky years until we figured it out. Um, and so when I looked outside and saw that this is how I felt about myself, how I talked to myself, how I treated myself was dependent upon this external thing. I realized that that isn't sustainable. That isn't certain that isn't safe because it can be taken away at any moment. So where did I find it? What did I make it mean about myself? Right. Which is an important question of, what am I making this thing mean? Is it serving me? No, it's not. Okay, great. So how do I want to change it? How, where do I want to find it? How can I begin to shape new beliefs about myself? What does worthiness mean? Where do I find that? Right. And when I, when I think about like, okay, worth is inherent. Worth is because we were born. We are worthy because we were born and worthiness, the definition of worthiness is the quality of being good enough. So let's find evidence of how we are good enough exactly as we are right now in this moment and begin to shape those new belief patterns, begin to shape new neural pathways in your brain, which you and I have talked about before. And then that is the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the more evidence you find, right? And the easier it is to go down that road. Mm. Wow. But did that answer your question? Like that was like, I mean, there's a lot in there, but essentially yeah. that's how that you was- do it. Girl, that was great. That and I, there are so many parallels with you and I, and how we went through that whole. Like when I quit bodybuilding, I was I couldn't even go on Instagram. Like I felt like I was not worthy of all of these followers, and I'm still working through that. Like I still don't 
totally feel worthy of that. But now coming into this new identity, like we've talked about before in a conversation, that's something that I'm learning all over again, because my worth was so tied up in Little Monstar, and it was so tied up in the Olympia and the Arnold and my sponsors, and I didn't know anything else really. Um, and so thank you so much for sharing that because that mm -hmm. hit home for me on so many levels. And so if I'm understanding correctly, a way that we can start to heal our worth, our worthy uh, wounds <laughs> is yeah, to I love it, really. <laughs> look, like, look at where we are right now and start to feel like, start with like, we're worthy because we're born and start to think about all of the things that are good about it, that we are good enough in. Mm -hmm. And that could even be like, I'm good enough to be a mom. I'm good enough to be a dog mom. I'm good enough to love my significant other or, get, or like, what are some examples that people can start to like find their own worth like right now? Yeah. So yeah, it finds like how you are good enough. Right. And so I actually had to completely change this and I've been aware that I'm actually like in the process of changing again, but I, I said like, I'm good enough because I show up on the days even when I don't want to. I'm good enough because I'm willing to risk. I'm good enough because I'm willing to try and try and try and try. I'm willing, or I'm good enough because I'm willing to fail, right? My, my good enoughness is not on a result. It's the fact that I'm showing up for myself over and over and over again. And so that is dependent upon me. That's not dependent upon anyone or anything else. I just have to wake up and I have to choose again. And guess what? If there's a day that I don't choose like to show up anyway, I'm good enough because I have the awareness of it. I'm good enough because I know tomorrow I'm going to. I know I'm good enough because I know that this too shall pass and that this is temporary and I love myself anyway. And so it has shifted so much. And so I hope that ever, like, please, everyone listening, right? Take these. They're not like, they're not mine. They're not copyrighted, like whatever. Take them and say them to yourself because that is how you begin to change it is I'm good enough because I show up and because I try and because I put my best foot forward. And even when I don't, I love myself enough to forgive myself through it. Um, so those are some things that people can use and take. Okay. I think that's amazing. And something else that just hit me too, was like athletes that are in the midst of their career, like they are playing, they are winning, they are doing all of these things. It would be so great for them to like switch their worthiness and kind of like, of course, like be excited about the game, be like, um, you know, celebrate that they're doing so well, but then also to find worth in themselves as they're going through all of these careers. And as they're like starting to reach the top, I think it would be really, because like, I didn't do that when I was going through things. I was just looking at the next game or the next show to do. So like yeah. as athletes, and I'm sure a lot of, I think a lot of people who are listening are bodybuilders or athletes of some kind, um, as they're going through their triumphs, what would be sort of a good and I love how you said, I'm good enough to try. I'm good enough to have the awareness to do. And I love this affirmation too. Like I am good enough to fill in the blank. Yeah. I think that's great. So for athletes right now that are climbing the ranks that are doing really good, what's a way that they can like not fall into the trap that maybe you and I did? Yeah. So I think that a lot of times we look at it as like, when I hit my goal, I am worthy. Okay. And I invite everyone to flip that. I am worthy and I hit my goal. So when we realize, when we take the pressure off that like, I need to do this, I have to do this, I have no other option than to do this. When we, a lot of times we don't 
ease the pressure because we feel like, oh, like this whole thing, like I perform under pressure, right? Like I come in like at the last minute and as the underdog, right? And like, you can still do that, but you don't need the pressure of allowing yourself to be defined whether you win or not, whether that trophy is yours or not. What if you built yourself up and said, I love myself and I'm worthy. And because I'm worthy, I'm putting my best foot forward because I'm worthy, because I love myself, because I believe in myself, I'm going all in because I know that I am worthy of that love, that effort, that intention, right? There's a whole different energy to it. Like in, um, like if I were to have looked at it that way, right? Instead of like waking up and making a fear-based decision, like I need to go and do extra conditioning because I'm afraid, right? I'm afraid I'm not going to play. I'm afraid that I'm going to be left at home. I'm afraid that like there's a new coach coming on and I'm going to be cut or whatever else. If it's like, Hey, no, like I'm, I love myself and I'm so excited for this opportunity and I know that I'm worthy. And I know that regardless of what's going to happen, I'm going to make the most of it. I know that I'm going to play and I'm going out there because I want to be the best version of me that I can be. That's so different. Yeah. Yeah. It hundred percent is. It reminds me of the light side, dark side thing, Star Wars. So I used to think about this all the time. Like, am I getting on the stepper right now and doing cardio because I'm afraid to lose or because I love to win? And so it was like, just the, the energy was so different in, in that just right there is like, do you, are you afraid to lose in doing cardio or do you love to win? And do you love to be the best that you can be? Is that why you're doing cardio? And I think Mm -hmm. the fear and the love is like a totally, but we can choose that with anything. Like whether you're an athlete or whether you're cooking food, like, are you eating because you're afraid to be overweight or are you eating healthy because you like to feel good and comfortable in your body? Yeah. So I think that the choose fear and love thing can be, um, almost like an yeah. And anything. Yeah, for sure. Like, are you asking for a hug from your partner, right? Because you're afraid that you're losing them. You're afraid you're going apart and you need the hug and you're taking, or are you asking for a hug from your partner because you love them and you want to express that? Right. And so like there's, it's, it's literally applicable to any area of, of our life and, and, and how we show up and what we do. And so, yeah, like, are you coming from a place of love And like another question that's really powerful is if you knew this will help automatically decide if you're acting from love or from fear, if you knew that the result that you wanted were coming, if you knew that the championship was on its way, if you knew the medal was on its way, right? If you knew that the love of your life were on their way, right? Or the body that you wanted, like what decision would you make? Would you still get on that stair separate? Would you still do the cardio? Would you still lift weights, right? Or are you doing it because you're afraid? And so like, that's like also another great question that I use a lot in my business. Like, why am I showing up? Why am I scheduling these interviews? Why am I showing up in the group? Like, is it coming from a place of fear and lack or is it coming from a place of love and abundance? Yes. Everybody. Yes. Make the distinction and every choice that you make fear, fear and lack or love and abundance. I love those words. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Me too. So switching, um, gears a little bit to your clients. So mm-hmm. when you're like talking to your clients, how do you identify when somebody has like a low self-worth? Is are, are there, is, are there certain like red flags or like signals that you listen for or like things that people say that you're like, okay, we need to work on worthiness because worthiness can come in many different forms. Like, could you, can you be like body worthy? Like I'm worthy to have a good body, but I'm not worthy to make money that I want to make. 
Oh, totally. Everything. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the thing. Worthiness, and this is, like, why I love and I do what I do. Um, Worthiness is literally everything in life. You can create, you can manifest, you can attract anything you want. And I bet every person listening has this example, right? You've attracted something you wanted, and then you've self-sabotaged, and you've lost it. That right there is an example of a place that you need to grow in your own self-worth, right? We only have a life. Our external world is a reflection of what we feel about our worthiness. So if you're not making the right amount of money, right? If you're in debt, if you keep gaining weight, right? Or you keep losing weight, if you keep self-sabotaging in relationships, if you keep like, if you can't accept compliments, right? Like if you should on yourself, if you don't believe you're good enough in one area or the other, like all of these things are like, it is like, oh, I need to go into that, that self-worth right there. Um, so it's, it's, it's so cool. And this is why I love it is because it is the whole spectrum. I work with people who, yeah, are, oh, you can see my cat. Um, (laughs) you, uh, like you can work with people who like are dealing with body image issues all the way up to like multi-million dollar entrepreneurs, right. Who are having relationship issues Mm -hmm. to another person who has the best relationship in the world but doesn't have any money, right? To another person who's starting a business, but all the doubt is creeping in. So there's so many areas and so many spectrums. So if you look in your life and there's any time you you feel or think I'm not good enough, right? In any area, right there's worthiness. Okay. And how can people start to um, like, heal this like let's say for body image because I feel like that's something that's so widespread that people don't I don't know if it's like they don't feel good enough to have a good body but that's something that they need to so they keep gaining weight or they don't feel good enough to have a good body so they don't work out and do the things that they know are good what is some like with like a body issue thing what where's where can somebody start to feel more worthy I guess of what they want to create Yeah. So one, it's recognizing that you are not your body, right? Just like you are not your body, just like you are not your trophies. You are not your failures. You are not anything, right? Like you are a soul that is having a human experience, right? You are not your body. And so what are you making your body mean? If you like, like, is that your whole, is your whole worthiness dependent upon how you look, right? Or is it like, I don't feel like I'm enough. And so therefore I'm going to punish myself and I'm going to eat, 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 eat. Right. Or am I going to starve it because I don't feel good enough. Right. Um, And so like, these are all things is what are you in your actions? What's the underlying story? And so why are you getting on the stair stepper, right? Why are you lifting the weights? Why are you not going to the gym? Why are you putting the food into your body that you are putting into your body? What is the underlying belief? Is it like, well, this doesn't matter anyways, right? I'm never going to find anyone anyways. This isn't, this is never going to work. I'm never going to lose the weight, right? Or God, I just can't handle what's going out on in the world right now. Like I can't handle it. I'm going to eat myself numb right? And so it's like realizing that there's an underlying like belief that we have to address. And so I, I ask people like whether it's exercise, whether it is food, before you eat or before you exercise, what are the thoughts that are going through your head? 
let's write them down. Keep a journal for like two weeks. Keep a journal, right? See where there's consistency. See where that was just a bad day, right? And see when you have good days. What are the thoughts? What is serving you, right? And what is not serving you? And so if we want to change an action, the first thing we have to address is the thoughts and the beliefs that we have. We have to change our thoughts that change our feelings, that change our action, that change our results. And so get clear on what that underlying belief is um, about your body, about what you're eating, about movement, whatever it is, right? And then we can begin to change it. I actually don't even remember what the question was you asked me, but I like, wanted to go on that tangent. <laughs> I love it. That was perfect. Um, okay. <laughs> it was really, it was just about like, and I think that was, I think you answered my question. So like somebody who has a body image mm. uh, worthiness issue or anything really. So I think yeah. what I heard you say was it first starts with like identification and first like becoming aware that there's an underlying belief and whether you, you get that awareness through talking to a coach or writing down your thoughts for two weeks and seeing where there's consistency, almost playing like the observation queen or king yes. and yeah. seeing what thoughts are replaying like before and after you work out. And then so once those things are identified um, and we have the awareness and we like know like there's a messed up money belief somewhere, what are some things that we can do to start to quiet that belief and bring in a new belief system? Is it like affirmations or meditation? How do we like reform different neural pathways so we think and believe differently? Yeah. So if it is like first like aspect, is this serving me? Right. And if it's not serving you, then there's like two ways we can go here. One, prove it wrong. Find evidence about how it's not true, right? So that's one thing, and that's, like, really great. So, like, okay, I, um, like, I never follow through, right? That's something that comes up for a lot of people. Like, I'm not good at follow through. I never follow through. Okay, I want you to give me five examples and five pieces of evidence in your life of where you did follow through, right? Prove yourself wrong. Because the thing is, we can focus there's enough in our life that we can focus on whatever we choose. So if your focus is that I never fall through, you're going to find all the evidence in the world of how you never fall through. And a hundred percent, there have been times that you followed through, right? And even saying like, I don't follow through. Cool. Well, you just followed through and not following through. Like right there, <laughs> I can tell you that you're wrong. And so like, and so that's one area, right? Is prove yourself wrong. The other one is like using a bridge thought. So I don't follow through, right? And then it's like, okay, is that true? No, it's not all the time. I have these five pieces of evidence about when it is. So when do you follow through? Well, I follow through when I know that it's really important to me and it feels really aligned. Cool. So let's start there. I follow through when it feels really important to me and when it feels really aligned, right? Um, I don't follow through when I overcommit myself. Okay, cool. So maybe we need to go into boundaries, right? Maybe we need to learn how to say no. And so like that would help you build that self-trust in yourself, communicate what you're needing from yourself and from other people, right? And then create healthy boundaries for relationships and be able to honor yourself at the same time. And so it's creating that bridge thought of, okay, I follow through when it's important to me, right? And it feels aligned. Awesome. So then I want you to find evidence about how that is true, right? When have you followed through when it feels aligned and it feels important to you and start beginning to build that new neural pathway. So then whenever your mind goes to, I never follow through, you do that same practice over again. Five new pieces of evidence about how that is not true. I do follow through when it's aligned and feels important to me. 
five new pieces of evidence about when that's true, right? And you begin to build it and do that every single time that you have that thought, do it every single day and you'll begin to feel the shift. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I, I feel like I can think of ways in my own life that I can already start to use that information. And I love the way that you said, I trust myself too. I think that's a big, and for me, it just, it sounds like it's almost just like bringing these new thoughts and this new perspective into awareness. So it's like getting your mind off of thinking like, I don't follow through. I'm not worthy of having a good body or I don't trust myself to make enough money and just switching your awareness and your thinking to what you do feel good, like work backwards sort of, and mm -hmm. start to say, I trust myself to make a lot of money. I am worthy of having the body that I want. And so it's just, it seems like it's just switching your focus because what you focus on grows, right? And if we keep focusing on the negative, mm -hmm. then that's going to perpetuate and create our reality. Whereas if we focus on the positive, focus, focus just like we did on the negative, that will start to create our reality. Yeah. And so like, and you talked about meditation and affirmations, right? Same thing. It's the same thing. So when you have every minute that you spend focusing on positivity, focusing on something different than what you're used to is a minute that you're not spending focusing on your victimhood, that you're not spending focusing on the way that you were. So some people say affirmations don't work. I personally believe that they do. And even if you don't believe in affirmations, if you spend a minute just saying, I, like, I am good enough, I am worthy, I do believe in myself, I can do anything, I am strong, right? If you just spend a minute, that's one minute that you're not feeding your, your mind and your body with negativity, right? And so that's the other thing is switch it up, right? The Dr. Joe Dispenza, who, write, who wrote Becoming Supernatural, who, like, I love it. Take me forever to read his book. But um, they talk about, like, if you want to change habits, right, if, they, if you want to, to break habits or break addictions, you have to create a new reality. You have to create a new, new habit, right? So just if it's as simple as get up on the other side of the bed in the morning, right? Drive a new way to work brush your teeth with your opposite hand, right? Like go to a different gym to work out, do something a little bit different. Like, and by changing that, you're actually creating, you're releasing the right chemicals in your brain to create new neural pathways. And it makes it easier for you to change them. Mm. So that's like another that. thing I would offer that. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great. And I, it's almost, it sounds to me like it's almost like a muscle that needs to be worked at first. Like at first, when you first start working out, it's not, you're not super strong. The proprioception, the neural pathways aren't there yet. But if you keep getting uncomfortable and you keep going to the gym and you do little things that are like brushing your teeth with your other hand or doing these things that make you uncomfortable or that um, require a little bit more discipline, like discipline is a muscle that we need to work. It's not something that just comes yeah. out of the blue. So I, I like how you said that because I think a lot of, even if you do something that's super small, like go to a new um, yoga studio, like if you build up this muscle of getting uncomfortable, then eventually when the big things come to get uncomfortable and the big habits come, you're already practiced at getting uncomfortable. It's not such a scary thing anymore. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and so this is like, you know, you said this in the beginning, but so I live in a van and I'm traveling around. We're currently in Texas with my boyfriend's family. But what I'm noticing is like, 
we're constantly changing. Every day looks so different, right? We're going to different gyms every day. We're going to new cities. We go to like new cities almost daily, sometimes new states every week. Like it's crazy, right? And so change is constantly happening, which is especially in the beginning was really unsettling. But then with everything that's happening like in our world right now, right? Where there's like scariness and uncertainty and change, we still feel it, but we've also been in quarantine for like five months, right? Like we've been living this life of, of kind of like this nomadic life of like being together and like living in a small space and like not having any distractions. And so we've created this environment where there's a lot of neuroplasticity happening. There's a lot of gray matter being created in our brain because things are changing all of the time. And so by creating more change in your life, you're setting yourself up for, for success because change is the only certainty. So yeah, it's really neat. So like do that for yourself, give yourself the gift of change. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And okay. So on the van topic. I'm excited we're talking about this. So, yeah. Um, okay. So you started about five months ago and you're in what, mm-hmm. how many square feet? 60? 60. It's like 60 to 70 square feet. Okay. And you have yeah. a kitty with you. That's amazing. I didn't, what's yep. your kitty's name? Her name is Soso and she yeah. is like the coolest cat. We just open the door. She goes and roams around and then like jumps back in when she's hungry and ready to take a nap. And so like, oh, perfect. it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing. Oh, and so, okay. So you started five months ago and what has been um, maybe like your biggest lesson or your biggest excitement, like give me a little bit of background on what, what it's like to be van living. And I know you said, I think at a post or something earlier that, um, like it's not comfortable and it's not secure. Like sometimes you are worried about where you're going to sleep and like, if it's safe and things like that. Yeah. So I like to say that the grass isn't greener. There's just different weeds. Mm. So if you're, this is like, this is lingo. So if you live in a stick and brick, right. So like that's a house. So like the stick and brick people, right. Versus like the, you know, nomadic culture, right. Um, you, you one always have to worry about where you're sleeping. Is it legal? Are you going to get broken into is, are you going to get knocked on by the police? Are you going to get a ticket? Right. Like, um, in California, in Southern California, it's illegal to live in a vehicle. So like if someone, like if someone runs your plates, we are, we aren't registered as an RV. Um, but if someone runs your plates and you are registered, you automatically a ticket. You're not even allowed to park it on the street. Even if you're not living in it, you're not even allowed to park it on the street. So there's an $80 ticket, right? Which like, isn't that much, but if you have nowhere else to go and you're continuing to stay there, $80 every day is a lot of money, right? Um, where do you find water? So like we have a 30 gallon freshwater tank. Um, so like that can last us if we're showering in here, it lasts us like four or five days. If we're not showering in here, it can last us two weeks. Um, but at the same time, where, like, can you dump your water underneath? Like, can you actually go through the floor of the van or do you need to make sure you're going into a gray water tank? Um, so like, that's another thing. Is it going to be really hot? We don't have air conditioning. We have a max air fan. We're currently in Texas. It's about to be, it's going to be like 80 degrees today and super humid. Um, and so, but you, and also at night, if you're in a hotel parking lot or you're in a planet fitness parking lot or whatever else, you can't keep your doors open to make sure that there's a cross breeze. 
And so there's just, there's just different things. Do you have enough battery power to make sure that your computers get charged? Where's your signal coming from? Do you have enough cell service to run your hotspot? Right. And, and so that's like a huge thing, which I was so worried about today that it wasn't going to be enough to be able to run the hotspot and do video. So there's just, there's like so many different things. So I think that I really like to share that. And this is probably the biggest lesson. When you, we don't have a TV, a lot of times we don't have good signal. So it's not like you can just like turn on Netflix or whatever else, right? We, two humans who are complex, who are up to big things, who love each other very much, right? But are also going through their own stuff, live in a 60 to 70 square foot space together. You can't numb. You can't turn away. You can't pick up your phone and like scroll and like get lost. Sometimes you can, right? But if your service isn't good enough, you don't have that. You don't have a TV. All you have is each other and you can't turn away. There's nowhere to hide. There's no room to go into. You have to turn towards each other. And you are confronted with like, you're confronted with doubt. You're confronted with uncertainty. You're confronted with frustration, right? With yourself, with another person. Um, and especially in this time of quarantine, there's no coffee shops to go to. We can't go to the gym. It was pouring down rain for the past two days. So like, luckily we'll be able to go outside and like work out today. Um, and we did it yesterday anyways, but and Robbie's mom's also going through chemo. So we're quarantined from them. So like, we don't have anywhere else to go except this space and like the immediate outside. When there's no distractions, and you can't lean away from the discomfort, you can't numb and you can't escape, you have to lean into it. And so the amount of healing and the amount of re like just real, raw, authentic stuff that has come up for me, for him, for us together, um, and this whole time right now is like a whole other level, right? A whole other level that like we're learning and having to navigate through and come together on right and figure out how we're going to do that it's so beautiful and it's so hard um and so i think that knowing that you're strong enough that you're resilient enough that you are worthy enough to lean into entrusting yourself enough to lean into the pain to lean into the discomfort to lean into the fear and still know you're going to be okay that's been like, I think the biggest lesson and gift and like, we're still going through it, you know? Um, but I do know that like, there's no one else I'd rather be quarantined with. There's no one else I'd rather do this with. Like he is my best friend. He is everything, you know? And so the fact that like after five months of being together nonstop, like we still can say like, we're more in love now than we were five months ago is like really huge, you know? So those are like some of just the realities of van life that no one ever talks about. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Cause yeah. like in my world, I'm just like, I just want to go live in a van and travel the world and just be a hippie in my little VW and just do it. And, but it's like, you bring up all of these things to really be concerned about, but um, is it like, once you kind of learn like the ropes, like I'm sure the first month was like exciting mm -hmm. and then learning a bunch of new things, but now, I mean, you create a lot 
from the road. Like I was part of your Worthiness Warrior Summit and mm-hmm. I know you consistently like put out so much content and plan all these things for people, but you've been really able to like kill it and like not just be, um, I guess like out in nature, just like not doing anything in the world really, but you're like really creating impact and change and like continuing to build your business every day, which I, which is so inspiring to me. Um, and then it makes me like, be like, okay, well, I'm just at home. Like I should be able to do this too. And it's somebody doing it in a van. So, um, it's a great, thank you. Thank you for like giving me that compliment. I receive it. Like, thank you for saying and noticing. Um, yeah, I think, I think, well, a couple things like one, Robbie still works. So like the days that he has off, it's really hard for me to work because we're like, let's go do like, let's go do. We don't get to do very often. Um, and so I think that it's very different for the people who aren't working, like who are retired or chose to quit their jobs and like travel. It's very different. But the Mm -hmm. fact that like we're working and building a business and like, you know, have, we went into debt for the van and like now we're paying it off. Um, I think that it's just different, but I mean, I, for me, when I'm out and like change is happening, like I use every lesson and I look at it like, okay, I know I'm not alone. Someone else needs to hear this. So how can I use this lesson that I'm learning to impact others, to share with others, to let them know that they're not alone. And I am a creative and I am a visionary. And so I, I like get divinely guided and I get divine ideas and then I act on them immediately. And so for me, it's like, if I don't have meaning, if I'm not serving, like that's one of my biggest values, then my life doesn't have purpose. Like I need to know that I'm serving and creating and giving um, and serving people on a high level to like give my life like true meaning. Mm. So what ways do you serve? Like what, what would you say are your ways that you serve or spread light? Yeah. Um, Like my highest value is love like love connection. Right. And so I think the biggest way that I serve is like, I am that I am that like my whole goal in life is to be the highest version of love that I possibly can be period. And so that is the biggest way I serve is I am love and I offer love and I hold the space for love for every person that comes in contact with me. Um, and to me, that's like, that's the only thing that I'm really worried about. And then the bit, my business has grown when I focus on that. Of course. And I feel like you give out love so many different ways, like on your podcast one, like to your clients directly in your Facebook groups on social media. Like, and I think that's such a beautiful thing to, to lead with. It's like to lead with your heart and to lead with love. And how could you ever go wrong? you know, like, and so many people in the world need love And however, if it comes in a written post or in a spoken word or in a conversation, um, I just think that the more love we have is, is better. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Like that's the, that's the way that the world needs to shift. And just like fear is contagious. Love is contagious. You know, just like doubt is contagious. Hope is contagious. And so if I can if I can raise my vibration high enough that whether I'm having a conversation, you know, virtually, which is like the most beautiful, amazing, mind blowing thing, or I can walk into the room 
let me raise the vibration. Like I want to be the person that raises the vibration. I want to be the person that is magnetic and contagious. And then as soon as people leave me, they just want more. Right. And they get to see that in themselves because all I am is a mirror for them of what's possible for them. And so like just having that intention and being very intentional on how I live and what I do and what I say is, is how I serve. Yes. I love that. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, um, about your leaning into love conversation and like how, so how do I phrase this? Okay. So like by you getting your vibration high and working every day to raise your vibration, then you are that like how like you're, it just permeates everybody's, you know, vibrational state around you, whether it be through a conversation or client interaction. Um, how are ways that you increase your vibration daily? Mm. So I have like a toolbox that I, that I always, that I use. So one is having conversations like this, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are, of course there's days that we're going to wake up and feel off. It's normal, right? Life is 50, 50. Um, and so having the people in my back pocket that I know that I can call and say, okay, like let's have this amazing conversation, right? It automatically raises my vibration. Meditation raises my vibration. Exercise, going on a run is huge for me. Um, writing and then uh, two more hugs. Like I love hugs. So hugs, um, and then listening to podcasts. Like I have like my certain podcasts that I listen to. And I always know that I will leave that podcast feeling inspired, right? And, and at a higher vibration. So those are things that when I wake up and I'm like, oh, today I'm feeling off, not like today is the best day, right? Like, okay, I have these things that I will do to raise my vibration. And if it's something that I, like, I don't believe that everything has to be positive all the time. I believe that it needs to be constructive. If it's, if I'm sitting in victimhood, it's not constructive, right? And sometimes we need to feel that. Sometimes we need to feel sorry for ourselves, give it a timeline, give it a deadline, right? And give yourself to that time and then get over it um, or like work towards that. But if it's constructive and it's grief and it's loss and it's mourning, like allow yourself that time to grieve so that you can move forward. So I think that it's just, I just want to make sure that I point that out. I think the grieving is so important. I've been listening to Kyle Cease lately. Have you discovered him yet? You told me yesterday about him and I wrote his name down. He is, I really like the way his content's going. So he, he's like doing this transformational comedy and I think he was in like 10 things I hate about you. I never saw it, but I think he was doing like stand up comedy and now he's t- doing it into like raise the consciousness type. And he's doing a lot of YouTube stuff and about grieving something that I heard that like hit me totally different was like when we're grieving and sometimes we're moving out of an unworthy state to a more worthy state, there's a grieving process that has to happen because we're letting go of an old story. And it's like the idea that like crying is good. And it's like, we're crying out an old story. We're shedding an old skin. Like we are getting that energy just out of us. So it's okay to cry and to feel certain types of way and to come to your coaches and to vent because you're letting out this old story and you're not letting it run you anymore. And when you let go of this old story, you make room for the new story to come in. Um, And so I just, the grieving thing really, that's just been something that's been in my experience lately, like with my clients and things like that. Um, So I'm actually really glad that you brought up the grievance of this Mm. whole thing, because it is, it is very important to feel that and to acknowledge it and not to just push it under the rug and act like it's not there because that's part of the healing process is letting that come up, feeling it, and then like consciously just like letting it go. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it was that's actually a thought that I had today. It was like in this whole process, there's a part of me that I have to let go. And like, I'm really resisting letting her go and I have to. And so it's like that, um, and I think it's going to be layers and because I've started shedding the layers, but now it's getting deeper and I'm feeling more resistance to it. Mm. And so it's holding that space and holding that safety and, and allowing yourself to be and to grieve and to shed and like holding yourself in that way to create that safety for you to step into your power. Ah, I love, so you said you're creating this new, so you're, you're in transition right now, creating a new version mm-hmm. of yourself and you're letting go of some of these old parts of you that are not serving this new version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that you're like, like what are one of the things that you're like, I need to let her, this part of me go? Uh, doubt is a huge one. Um, and it's not like I'm like, it's not like doubt is ever going to go away, but it's like to this level of doubt. Um, it's this, this belief of like, I can't totally rely on myself. Like I need a safety net and like, I need to become my safety net because like I said before, everything else in our world is changing. There's so much uncertainty. So how can I create that safety and certainty within myself and it, without it coming from income, without it coming from family approval, without it coming from being able to travel every second that we want to. Right. Um, and just finding that safety and certainty with, within myself and like stepping into my power. Like mm. when I think of her, right, when I think of the highest like badass woman that I am, right, there's so many parts, the, there's been so many parts of me in the past five months that I've had to shed and I've stepped into like nothing else I ever have, right? And I have are, am stepping, continuing to step in my power and people feel it and they're experiencing it, which is reflecting in my business and my growth and the people I'm attracting into my life. And now it's at a whole new level. And so it's like the anxiety that I feel in my stomach, knowing that it's coming and also just like allowing myself, like recognizing, acknowledging it, knowing that it's here and then doing the things that I need to do to build that belief, to build that, um, confidence, to build that self-trust and like step into her. Yes. Yeah. Ah, powerful. I felt that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I just have like two more quick questions and it's kind of about yeah. the van because I'm curious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Bring it. Number, yeah, did, you, did you guys build that and remodel it all yourself? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. And like, I didn't even know how to turn on power tools. Yeah. Like seriously, like I'm not, yeah joking. Like I did not know how to turn on power tools and we built it, did all, everything we did ourselves. So what kind of like shell do you, do you drive in? Uh, Ram Promaster 3500 extended body. So like a huge Amazon van. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can, I have a picture of that in my head now. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you went inside, you put all the wood, you put little mm-hmm. furniture stuff in there. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. And so it's a little messy right now, but there's Robbie. <laughs> um, and so that behind him is our bathroom and then there's our sink. Yeah. And then I'm sitting like, this is our, I'm actually like sitting where our feet normally are, but then this is also where our bed and our seating area is. So cool. Mm-hmm. And so you guys have been there for five months already. How, how long do you expect or do you see an, like, do you um, 
think you're going to be, what did you call it? A stick and brick stick person and brick. soon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not soon. I would say like, I don't know, three to five years is what I'm guessing. So like we wanted to do this, to have this experience, to travel, to see the country, to see where we wanted to settle down, buy land. And then uh, we decided we want to do an earth berm um, is when it's like in a completely sustainable house, like made out of the earth. You would love it. You need to look into it. It's totally you, a hundred percent you. So you have to look into it. And so we want to look like earth berm or earth ship, like both of those. Um, I love it already. Earth ship. I'm like, I'm yeah. there. <laughs> I know. And so, yeah, so like, that's what we're going to do and like create a sustainable home, um, when we're done with it and like can buy land and, and do all the things. Oh my gosh. What a fun goal. I'm so excited and proud of you yeah. guys. And I'm so excited to watch this all unfold for you. Like, I'm so grateful to know you yeah, <laughs> so I can keep up with your journey and all of the amazing <laughs> things that you're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I'm so grateful. And yeah, I like, you know, when you like live your life, you you like see all the like the mundane things and like you forget how cool it is and like so it's always nice and so refreshing to be like no like your life is cool and people want to know what you're doing you know yeah. <laughs> yes and that's it yeah that's a really good spot to be yeah. um so my last question is um how can people, this is about worthiness. So how can everybody out there start right now and start to feel more worthy? So I think it's kind of going back to some of the, the practices is what are your, I'm not good enough stories, right? Like where do you find your worthiness now? And how can you begin to look inside yourself? How can you see that you're worthy because you're alive, right? I'm good enough because I show up, right? Like I'm good enough because I try, 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 even if I fail, you know, and start be creating that for yourself and find evidence how that is already true in your life today. Where have you shown up even on the days that you didn't want to? Where have you risked? Where have you tried something even though you thought you were going to fail? And then you did and you showed up anyways, mm -hmm. right? Like I want you to start change that definition, change where you find it, and then find the evidence in your life of how that is actually true right now. And just inundate yourself and immerse yourself in people who are doing this work with you. Normalize what you're feeling, right? Like if you're down, if you struggle, like if you struggle with failure, if you struggle with doubt, if you struggle with any of that, that's normal. We all do. It's just the people, the difference between like the people who truly believe that they're worthy and the people that don't, right? Or the people who love themselves and the people that don't, there's only one thing and it's what they think and tell themselves, mm -hmm. what they make things mean. Just because you have doubt doesn't mean you don't love yourself or you're not worthy. Just because you fail doesn't mean you don't love yourself or you're not worthy, right? Don't make these things mean anything about you. They're just part of the human experience and you're worthy because you exist. You're worthy because you're alive. Oh, thank you so much, Jilly. That was amazing. And I'm going to use some of those for myself. Thank you very much. Good. And <laughs> so where can people find you if they want to get onto some of your Facebook groups or your podcast? Like how can people get more Jilly? Yeah. So my Instagram is at Jilly Johnston coaching. 
Um, so please, please, please follow me, reach out. Like I love to interact with people. I please let me know like, Oh yeah, like this is what I think, or this is what I used or whatever. Like I'd be so grateful to know that I am and honored to know that I'm a part of your journey and that you spent this time with us. Um, and then, uh, my podcast is the worthiness mindset. Uh, podcast. So Danny is going to be on it and she is on it. We recorded it. And so I'm so excited. Um, and then my Facebook group is cultivating conscious creators. And so that's free. Like I just have amazing content and amazing people in there. And so I would love, love, love um, for you guys to be a part of it. So I can't wait to hear from you. Uh, awesome. Jilly, thank you so much. This was one of my favorite podcasts so far, and I'm so excited to have you on here and to know you. So everybody and Jilly, thank you so much for your time and energy. I appreciate that more than I can ever explain to you. And thank you all so much for joining the light side today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Peace, everybody. And love and namaste and harmony and stay healthy. Okay. Bye.